0: Everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective podcast. This is episode three hundred and twenty, being recorded on the first of October, two thousand and fourteen. I'm Ryan Schraub.
1: Jeremy Hellstrom,
0: Josh Walrath, <laughs> and I'm Alan Mamutano. <laughs> it's an exciting day, uh, by the way. Uh, I woke up this morning and had no idea it was October. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely, did not. I saw somebody post, I think it was Delta Airlines, post on Twitter. It's like, oh, we're celebrating the first day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I went, you idiots, it's not even October yet. Like, that's literally what the thought that went through my head. And I looked down the corner, it was like, October 1. I was like, mm, nah. damn, I got some stuff I got to do today. Uh, so it's October. September was over pretty quick. Yep. It was kind of September busy. September wasn't very busy
2: at all. No, like no there hardware. Were no CPUs. No. There were no GPUs. No motherboards nothing it was a pretty stale month it was barren it's a wasteland
0: it was it was it was Uh, in case you guys didn't notice this is a a podcast for our website PCPro.com we record it on Wednesdays 7pm Pacific 10pm Eastern usually I do that the other direction so I had to think about it longer Uh, we record it live and we post it the next day for you guys to watch if you want to watch us record live I highly encourage you to do so if you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe you can sign up for a nifty little mailing list nifty little mailing list um that allows you to um uh will be will notify you essentially when we go live and it's not just for this podcast although obviously that is of utmost importance to you uh last week for example we had two other live streams besides our podcast we had a stream with nvidia's tom peterson we had a stream with evga's jacob freeman in which we gave away a lot of stuff Motherboards, video cards, power supplies, mice gave away a ton of stuff. And if you were on our mailing list, you would have been notified about those special events.
2: Hey, hey you know what, Brian? What? I was not notified that I was a winner.
0: That's so weird. I know. It's so strange. weird. But by my, by my math, everybody that I emailed about winning had replied. So that's, that's kind of odd. You should check your spam folder uh, just to be sure, though. I should. Or make sure maybe one of your kids didn't reply for you. Give me a different... If you Should get that a address.
2: biggest biggest, so fifty nine at hotmail dot com, that's not me, <laughs> not,
0: not me at all. Fair enough. Please ship to Laramie, Wyoming. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hmm. Hmm. Nobody a, lives there. N- yeah. Nobody lives in Laramie. It's a PO box. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some stuff that happened this week. First things we're gonna we're gonna go through some things quickly quicker tonight uh we we, we've we've talked yeah quickly it's we've talked about it quite a bit the uh samsung 840 840 evo tlc flash issues um nothing has really changed except that they had released an update samsung i guess Uh, an updated statement um but they released an update they released a statement
3: there was no update there's no firmware update there's no fix we had a statement at the end of this article yeah from them Oh, we did right. an original one. Yeah,
2: and there's a statement from me. I'm pissed because my computer is significantly slower. Well, because it's my OS drive.
3: Something that's not in the statement, but that I've kind of heard, is uh, October fifteenth. Okay, ish.
0: So, I mean, they basically say uh, uh, we acknowledge the issue. They claim that it's only a small subset of users. We regret the inconvenience. Firmware update will resolve the issue soon. Uh, we have some debate with the idea of it being a small subset because it's really
3: all of them. I think it's pretty much anybody that knows It's
0: anybody, but it's if you notice it or not. Yeah. I guess
1: is, is well, it's, the, it's the same percentage as those that bought iPhone 6s that bend. You know?
0: Just, iPhone, just six a few, just iPhone 6 not Pluses. Not many. It's, they all can bend. The idea is will they? Or will you notice it? Alan already noticed his. It didn't bend. You said you had to bend it back, and then it, it laid it flush It was a again. little twisted. Yeah, that's bending. Oh, um, spindle leaving. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's straight.
0: Okay. Uh, Chrome dome. If did you not had to
3: guess, it. what would their fix be? You mean other than just a firmware? <laughs> no, no.
0: What would the titanium? Firmware do? Titanium skeleton.
3: What are we on phones or SSDs? No, it's we're not, we don't talk about phones. We're, we're uh, okay. talking about this. They would have to do some kind of change. Uh, again, we're guessing on what's even causing the slowdown. Right. Right. But if after you've written to flash, the voltages kind of drift slowly over time, like really slowly, but it does happen. Right. Um, there's ways to adjust what those thresholds are as you go to read that those bits back. Can
0: basically. you just refresh the voltage without taking up a write cycle, or is no. that the idea, the essence of a write cycle?
3: That is. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the thing. You can only you can only up the voltage. Like it only goes one way mm-hmm. while you're doing a write cycle mm-hmm. to it, and then an erase cycle is what brings it back down okay. to zero or one, depending on which way it's yeah. set up, right? But basically, they just have to compensate for the voltage drifting when they go to read it back, so that there's not so many bits reading incorrectly that they have to do they error have to correction. Do error correction? Okay. Yeah. So interesting. But I don't know. We'll if, see, I don't. I'm not sure that Samsung can do that kind of a thing with their flash. I would assume they can. I know Intel can, just because I've seen enough Intel stuff and been doing Mm. enough briefings, right? Samsung's never briefed people to that level, so we don't know if that flash can do that, but if they say there's a fix coming... Okay. It doesn't really seem like they're covering anything up or being sketchy about if it could be fixed or not. It was just a matter of hey, we have to get through quality control. we got to figure it out and yeah, then we call, have to, QC it yeah. and then
0: go on. Okay. Well, we will be sure to update you as we hear more because we know a lot of people have those SSDs. Yep. Uh, Maury posted a review of the X99 classified motherboard. This is uh, a motherboard for the brand new Haswell e-platform. It. Um, so uh, Jacob was out here on Friday, and this is one of the boards that we discussed. And if... if uh, I like the board design. I like the all-black board design. Sorry, um, Jeremy, there's no dual-processor versions for us to talk about.
1: Yeah, I know. Quite yet. But we I the New you, Zions, so maybe.
0: Yeah, I referenced you several times throughout the live stream, talking about your <laughs> disappointment that there had been no update. Um, pretty nice motherboard in terms of, of feature set. Obviously, because it's from EVGA, you expect them to have a lot of graphics card support. It does support um, four-way SLI, and it does support Crossfire. If you want to run CrossFire in an EVGA motherboard, you can do that. Uh, eight eight DIMM slots, uh, all, all the the normal, but things. The, you but get how pick. is
2: audio? Everybody's been hammering on audio on motherboards lately. How is it? I mean, you I look at I the large see. amounts of space that are kind of wasted on that board. Yeah. I mean, fill them well, up with capacitors.
0: So what you're what you're Isolated. looking at here is so the the if you look at the the board where a lot of other vendors have like dedicated audio routing right up here. Um, kind of between the bottom left corner of the motherboard and the top of the connectors. They don't really have that, and instead they've added things that they would consider and that I would consider like, I don't know, power user options, right? You've got this additional six-pin PCI Express power connector that is used to supply extra power for PCI Express slots if you're maybe doing three- or four-way SLI. Um, they have also have a second M.2 slot here. So you've got one Between these uh, bottom PCI Express slots, and you've got another one here. So you actually have a little bit more flexibility in that regard, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to have an SSD, and then also have one for uh, maybe Wi-Fi or something, because their boards don't include integrated uh, wireless connectivity. Um, I'll show you this here, too. I I would say... they don't integrate any third-party USB 3.0 controllers either, so you're limited to four USB 3 ports on the back and two for the front panel, and then they they filled it out with with six other USB 2.0 connections, which is fine, um, you know, for your headsets and your keyboards and your mice and everything. You just focus on those uh, USB 3 points USB 3.0 ports for storage. Uh, both those gigabit connections are inter- Intel based. Like I said, you do have four-way SLI support, which you know. It's tough to do on an X99 board. If you look up here, you'll see the top PCI Express slot is pretty close in proximity to the DIMM slots because of that. But that's going to be an issue with any motherboard you have that does four-way SLI. It's going to have that complication um, just because of the the physical size of the ATX form factor. There you can see the M.2 socket 1. You've got your PCI Express connection there, your M.2 socket 3. I'm not really sure what happened to 2. What are you going to do with all that power? Naming designations. On where? Socket 1 versus socket 3. So this can support the the triple length M.2, and this can support the
3: single length. I've never heard them called socket. Me neither. Usually that's a number that's the number of millimeters in length the card is. Like 80 or. Nobody likes complicated metrics
0: like that well, like just socket one socket three i, I don't, guess i don't know if that's really what they're going for um everything they have on this board is kind of side mounted which i think is pretty cool like if you look at the fan connectors they're at 90 degrees uh the usb 3.0 connection is at 90 degrees fan 90 degrees sata ports are
3: 90 degrees notice it has a speaker on the motherboard if you scroll back up oh oh, right here a little round it's yeah.
0: not very often you see that anymore is it yeah so you can actually get the you know
3: beep, beep. the, old, the beep. old school beep
0: yeah yeah Ah, uh, there's the uh, uh, CMOS battery. For... Ah,
3: yes, very important.
0: Not vertical. Ooh, that looks like it's a nice place. It should be. Yeah. Unplug it. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're doing three or four-way SLI, you should be able to get access to that. Uh, Ten SATA ports. No um, SATA Express.
3: That's fine with me. That's fine with you. That is fine with me. Why is that? Because you really don't haven't. There haven't been Still, that many. You get to see any devices, right? <laughs> okay, and not only that, but SATA Express is actually limited to just a couple of lanes mm-hmm. of PCIe. Yep, you know, three point mm-hmm. Now it does also pass SATA.
0: Yes, that connector. But does it say? Excuse me. Connector,
3: you get one SATA six gigabit and a couple of PCIe. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? I think like it's PCI- I think it supports PCIe three over yeah. that but you're very limited on the length of the cable and it's just
0: now i do want to i do want to point out one thing with the the, the cpu spacing on this uh <laughs> if you look at rory's giant heatsink test for this thing you'll notice that especially so this is even the worst possible case scenario for this particular setup we've got an msi card with the uh, what we call that on the back josh reactor the, the reactor that thing sitting on top of it looks like a reactor um and so you can see here, if you look vertically, like this enormous heat sink interferes with uh, that primary PCI Express slot, even if you didn't have a reactor on, uh, on your video card. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. If nothing, like, it's not a deficit for you to use that, that second PCI Express slot because it's, it's a Haswell e-platform. It's going to have 16 lanes. Or you to can just use anyway. a regular
3: cooler. Well,
0: that sounds good. Or how boring. about just a self-contained liquid cooling yeah. system? You could do that, too. Any of yeah, any um, of the above would fix that problem. That's why you know I had this discussion with Mars. Like, hey, you know, it's really not that big a deal. Like, yes, you should point it out because that's it. Hey, if you have if you have a big air cooled heatsink and you want to use it, you're not going to use our primary PCI Express so, so, Alan, I have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm.
2: Does heavy water have better thermal characteristics than regular light water?
3: We got an
2: extra, you know, neutron hanging around. Yeah,
3: I was gonna say maybe it's a little heavier. Some more heat. You know what I'm saying? No, actually, actually, uh, while it's decaying, it will create it will create heat. heat. Yeah. So your water will be heating up your system. So I don't know if you really want that And then you'll have high energy neutrons, and electrons, and like alphas from like the decay, all very close to your CPU.
1: Oh, like, that can't be bad like at all. That's flipping
3: bits.
2: That's not going to flip a bit at all. Oh. No. Yeah, Some would. We're only talking gamma radiation does that. That's not gamma radiation, it's just neutron it's, radiation. Uh, let's see, what does
3: it do? I let's think try it. I think it just beta minus decays
0: <laughs> from oxygen. You're the
3: nuke engineer, nitrogen.
0: man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, go check out this review that Mori wrote. There's a lot more information there benchmarks, overclocking, all that. It's a $399 motherboard uh it is their flagship it's the classified um so a lot of good stuff there overclocking potential is a strength board aesthetics i like as well cpu socket layout and spacing if you like four way graphics card configurations this is uh this is one to look at so check it out okay one one last question okay. and this is a serious one
3: <laughs> no it's not
2: does it have a discharge button uh
0: uh it does not If you want to discharge it, you have to do that manually.
3: Damn it. It doesn't Um, have the jumper? You got to... What? The jumper? doesn't have the jumper? (laughs) The discharge button. (laughs) Discharge. No, No, I
0: get it. I'm sure it does. Like, yeah, well, let's see. It just gives you the chance to make the connection with your finger. CMOS reset jumper. Oh. Oh, so it doesn't have the jumper right, either, but it has a button on the back. It has two oh. buttons. It has two buttons. Right. It has a discharge button, but it's more like a, it's more like a reset button. But if it has a button, it doesn't need the jumper. I would agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Up next, real quick on this iPhone six performance numbers. Ken uh, ran his fancy new A eight SOC through some through some benchmarks. Um, and here's what we got for those of you interested in mobility performance. A8, A7, Tegra K1, uh, the uh, Baytrail Atom, the, the, is it Baytrail? Yeah, it is, right? Silvermont-based architecture Atom Z3745, and uh, the somewhat aging Snapdragon S4 in the Nexus 7. What do we get out of this just handful of benchmarks? One, um, the Tegra K1 is still, like, a really, really, really good SoC uh, in terms of performance. Now, the Tinker K1 is not in a cell phone infrastructure. It is not in a very space-constrained, thermally-constrained environment. It's in a tablet yep. um, that is has a much larger heat sink and everything. So Better, battery, battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of this is to be expected. Harder to bend. Harder to bend a little bit. We could do that test, too. Um, and so, but, it, but maybe is more interesting to look at is the comparison of the A7 to the A8. If you look at it, I mean, it's... It's a uh, uh, CPU increase, it's a GPU increase, but both of those are fairly modest. A little bit more on the GPU side, you can see here, going from score of 19,000 to 22,000. Let's see, where's our other GPU test? Here you go. The uh, Graphics Bench Manhattan off-screen test, which actually normalizes resolutions right so everybody's rendering the same resolution uh tegra k1 still dramatically ahead of the apple a7 and the apple a8 but the apple a8 is an increase over the a7 so uh cpu tests it is a little bit faster than the a7 as well uh and it you know kind of varies back and forth tegra k1 loses in the SunSpider benchmark essentially ties maybe a little bit ahead in the google octane benchmark all that being said uh can anything exciting about like? Have you noticed any performance differences? Or now you have got an OS change, everything? It's pretty hard to tell. It's pretty battery efficient. It is battery efficient. Yeah, it seems your battery life is better on long. this device yeah. than it was before.
2: Did did it get you a new girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet.
0: That's Two. money
3: well spent. That's pretty efficient. The yeah. OS itself is kind of a piece. Was of that before or after the
1: OS update, yeah.
0: Ken? I mean, your your phone has the same processor in it. Yep. Any? Have you? Is it a noticeable change, or is it just kind of like eh? In battery life or performance?
3: Performance. I mean, the performance I'd say eh. is yeah, feels the same. Yeah. Essentially, feels for the same. tasks
0: that you're doing. Yep. Okay.
3: That's
0: kind of what. That's kind of what I think most people were banking on, or not banking on, but what they yeah. had, what their results were, what they expected. So, you know, um, Nvidia has a good part with the Tiger K1. It's obviously not going to make it in phones. I'd be yeah. curious to like. Take apart a part of phone and, and measure battery consumption and power consumption at the battery during, during some of these tests and see how much, which one's actually more efficient. You know, the the K1 it? can be way faster, but if it's using three times as much power. What you what know, it, seems to, like, um, it
2: seems like a lot of these other guys are waiting for 16-nanometer FinFed before their next-generation SOCs. And when that happens, it's going to be good stuff. Because I mean, the A8's
0: 20-nanometer, Apple- right? And it's
2: the 20 other nanometer, are but you know what? TSMC's 20 nanometer planer, it's not fantastic. I mean, yeah, they've got better transistor density. Um, in low-power stuff, it, it does okay. But once you start kind of cranking up the clock speed, it, the voltage ramps up really, 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 really fast. And so it's, it's interesting to see that Apple utilizes 20 nanometer. But I guess the way they, they do their product cycle, they didn't have a choice. And from what I hear, they bought up the entire capacity of TSMC's 20-nanometer planer and huh. have for the next several months. So, Supposedly,
0: Samsung's doing some of them still, too. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't necessarily know if I believe that, but I've seen that a lot of places. So Samsung's still backfilling, and apparently they're doing 20. I hadn't heard
2: that. Uh, yeah, I, I did not heard that Samsung... The n- next I've heard is a... They, they're calling it a 14 nanometer process that they're working with Global Foundries with. Otherwise, it's it's 28 nanometer and 32 nanometer from Samsung. So I don't know. Interesting to hear if, if yeah. we can get any confirmation one, of the, one, of it, one way or the other.
0: Whatever, they tend to not confirm anything. Whatever yeah, happens to the
3: NVIDIA, like, super awesome phone rate, cell phone radio thing.
0: This, I mean, their LTE modem is, is, uh, it's actually in use in the new, um, shield tablet LTE that came out. Oh, okay. So that did Um, their programmable shader, their programmable LTE modem. Yeah. It's still a thing. And I think there's another device that's using it. Um, that's a, f- a larger device, like a more popular device, but I can't—I can't remember offhand what it is. So, uh, if you want to see those iPhone six and A eight benchmarks for yourself, just go to the website and look for the article titled "iPhone six and Apple A eight SOC Performance Preview," and you'll find them compare your own device all right let's talk about uh an ssd release that occurred this week it's a technology we've already talked about mm-hmm. for a uh a little while or i guess a couple of weeks the micron m600
3: ssd digging into dynamic right acceleration so so dynamic right acceleration is their ability to flip dies between slc and mlc mode okay which basically means the physical chip is the same yep but
0: simply by changing the way that the controller is talking to it, mm-hmm. you can essentially change that physical device from uh, a multi-layer cell to a single-layer cell
3: and back. Yep. It can basically change the, the mode of it. It writes to some area of it, like configuration or something. Okay. Right. And basically just says, all right, you're SLC now. And then you have to start fresh. Has to, the die has to be empty. You have to clear it yep. and then refill it with new data in mm-hmm. that new mode. Right. Okay. Right. So... In theory, you would have an SSD come when when it's empty, when it's in the box. It's probably mostly SLC. So
0: say you bought a, what, 256 gig SSD.
3: Yep. So 256 gig SSD internally could probably only address starting off a little bit over 128 gig because most of the dies are in SLC mode and you get half the capacity. Right. Right. But the controller just kind of intelligently pays attention to how much you've actually filled the drive. And then as that happens, it starts moving data in the background off of SLC onto MLC. Uh, and it gets kind of complicated, as you might imagine, right? And you, might, you might catch the controller with, uh, you know, oh, oh no, it ran out of SLC and it has another 20 gig of MLC over here. So I'll just write at a slower speed to that. Right. And then, Correct. then once you start to run out of that, then the controller has to actually kind of stop you by making the write speed very, very slow. And then, while you are waiting at like fifty meg per second or something very slow write speed, yeah, it is in the background scrambling and moving data off of SLC onto MLC and kind of flipping dies.
0: The the idea is that that's it's completely um, transparent to the user and to the operating system, except yes. for the except for the notice potential performance yeah. impact that it has on you. Right,
3: the operating system sees it at the full capacity. Yeah, right. It formats at the full capacity. It's just that uh it it's almost like thin provisioning but for flash memory right and then in the background it unthin provisions itself as you fill it up right right um the advantage is SLC flash uh the power draw is much less when it writes okay okay so you get savings there the speed is much faster when you're writing to the 128 gig model which uses uh the 128 gigabit flash so that means you only have like eight dies in the in the 128 gig model, so that's not very many to spread and be parallel mm-hmm. as far as writing. So that write speed is usually like 150 meg per second, but it's actually I think a little bit over 400 when that when those dies are in SLC mode. Okay. Right. So you get a, a very large boost, but the catch is that in practice, we had to generate a completely new way of testing these so things. So
0: let, let's let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. The, um. The idea, nor, you know, our normal testing methodology is, is well laid out on the website. We do, it's, it's in there every time. Yep. But this time, because the drive would, in theory, act different at different capacity fill levels... Correct. ...we had to change things. You were basically filling it to a certain percentage and then rerunning tests and then filling it some more and rerunning tests and filling it some more and rerunning tests,
3: yep. right? Yep. And, and the way that I filled it was only in 10% increments. Okay. And with actually giving the drive time to idle, so you you those. would fill it from say twenty to thirty mm-hmm. percent, and you would give it
0: time to idle
3: because right. that's what
0: Micron said it was when, when it when your system was in idle is when it would start to look at this cleanup process, of right. whatever it needed to do to reorganize to optimize for for improved
3: performance. Right. Right. And so we did that. Yep. Um, and the end result was it was kind of. The simplest way to say it is they were kind of all over the place as far as... Let me as, just
0: switch to the M600 results page here.
3: That's probably the good one to go to.
0: So the M600, 128 gig. Now, we're looking at a bunch of successive file copy, you know, so, Windows file copy results screenshots. So, what, am I, what am I looking at? So Are what, I, what at I grouped, 10, 20,
3: 30? What, what, I, what I grouped together there was all 10 of the 10% copies. Now, realize this is over the span of several days' worth of testing. I just right. consolidated them all together and to say, okay, this is, this is what it looked like when we filled it from 0 to 10%, from 10 to 20%. Right? Okay. Uh, and you'll notice that at the SLC speed, it's actually pretty speedy, right? 443 mic per second, right? Uh, but it's kind of hit or miss, because if you notice...
0: So only- say the second graphic is only when you had it filled
3: 20- 10%? It was only filled 10%, and it was left idle plenty of time.
0: So you had a what looks to be about a four hundred about the same performance up here, and then you had this very dramatic drop off down about like 150 megs per right. second. Right. So it only
3: wrote like that's that file was about 12 gig. Okay. Right. So it only wrote maybe three gig there, and then it dropped to the MLC speed. So we actually caught it running mm-hmm. out of SLC, or at least it thought it did, and then it had to revert back to MLC mode. But interesting, the, the very next graph down is a very fast, consistent 440. Exactly. Like the and we weren't really doing so much different between those two different times yeah. so this right?
0: was at zero and then ten and then twenty and then thirty thirty again pretty fast, and then at forty percent we get another drop down to one fifty right fifty percent another drop down to one fifty
3: and then um, it's it seems like you're it seems like they're getting there. shorter and shorter, but then once you get to like the, the third from the end there,
0: yeah. it actually gave
3: you a much longer time of SLC speed. These are all the
0: same uh, file size Same exact
3: file. 12 gig files. That's all I did was I just, I renamed it to a different name and copied the same file to the drive again. Okay. Right, so it's the same exact operation. Hmm. That sort of thing. Um, so as far as trying to, to gauge like when you were going to get the speed and for how long, I could not come up with any kind of I mean, a connection. When you test
0: at other capacities, at 256 gig, uh, you can see here, it seemed maybe a little bit faster uh, at the beginning sections. We went down to 305 at, at zero, but you were at 466, 466, 464, 467. Yeah. And then you get that drop-offs. And you then know, we got the drop-off for,
3: for one cycle worth, but then it went full uh, speed. The and then it cycle. went as
0: low as like 76 or 77 yeah. max per second.
3: So that's the point where you completely catch it. When you can off tell. guard, and it's now run out of MLC, or just about to, and now it has to start flipping dies in the background while you're doing the right, that's what drops it to that 76 meg per second speed. Gotcha. Right.
0: Now, on the one terabyte results, it's a little bit different, though, because... Um,
3: there's a couple of factors there. First of all, with the one terabyte model, even if everything was MLC, which it actually most likely is for this drive, which we can cover a little bit more in a second, but... You have so many dies in parallel that you can get the full speed. Okay. Right. That's so because it's a one terabyte
0: drive, you're getting sixty four die in it, probably.
3: Mm, no, it's sixteen into it's eight times. One hundred twenty
0: eight gigabit die. Yeah, right? it's eight times
3: eight. Oh, that's sixty four. That's yeah. right. There you go. Sorry. Math. How does it work? It's been a long week.
0: Uh, but those those writes seem seem pretty consistent. We had a little bit of an issue at the end. Uh, on the last one, when it was almost full. Yep.
3: But why? Why is that? Uh, why do you think? Why those are more consistent? Because because why? Well, the thing is, this drive is not supposed to use that technology right. on the one terabyte model. Right. But even though that was happening, it was still a little bit confusing because we noticed there was what appeared to be a high speed, which was four hundred sixty-seven, sixty-eight meg mm-hmm. per second, and then for the last few passes, there it's, it dropped to four hundred forty-eight, or four hundred forty-seven. So it dropped by twenty. Yeah. Which kinda made me think that, well, maybe it is a SLC, MLC speed difference. It was acting similarly, and even at the very end it actually dropped way down.
0: Way down, yeah. On
3: that last copy. I'm not sure if maybe it just got forced to clean up some fragmented pages or something Because this at the is end. you're
0: essentially filling the fu- filling the drive at that point.
3: Right? Uh, that actually brought it to, like, 96%. Yeah. The, our files were actually just a little bit lower than 10, but just for consistency, I'd kept referring to them by 10% increments. Sure. But once you had all 10 of them on the drive, it was, like, 96.5% full or something like that. Okay. Basically, it gave us enough time left to be able to do some tests with it, you know, all the way. Yeah. Right. Um. And if you scroll down a little more, you can see the differences in the effect of, like, what performance you would get uh, doing random access to sure. a file on the drive. Um, and what we noticed there, and we just did those simple with ADO runs. We did some other tests, but they didn't really show like, differences uh, as well. Like,
0: 50% on the M600 256 gig seems to yeah. have a lot of variance in the write speeds. They were right. They from 350 to 470 to
3: 500 to... 350 to 330 yep. and the key point to take home there is that uh, so the ADO run uses a 256 megabyte test file that just it puts in place on the, the SSD right now to get inconsistency that looks like that mm-hmm. it tells me that when you put a file on the SSD and it and that the controller maps out where that file is going to go right like which memory it gets written to which flash memory whether it be an SLC mode or MLC mode right right uh, that indicates to me that it's actually... It might put it. It might have put it in SLC at the beginning, but then as you're doing random writes within that file, it might actually be doing other writes to other areas of flash. So single files could be written to SLC and MLC, perhaps. They could maybe. be. It might just be reallocating. Hmm. You know, even though hmm. you're writing within the same file that appears to be on the disk in the same place, and that's kind of a wear leveling thing, right? Right. Like you wouldn't want yeah. to just burn out that same two fifty six meg section of right. flash, right? Um, but it's kind of a negative in this respect because you don't know if your performance is just going to suddenly drop to MLC speeds even within the middle of a file. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And that was with the drive only at 50%.
0: So, answer this then. The, all the stuff we talked about, does that affect all other SSDs? Is this unique to this M600 because of... As it's far as new uh, changes AWA? in consistency as yeah. the drive fills? Yeah.
3: So, we actually tested uh, 840 EVO. Right. What did it? the same exact results... And addo is identical between like zero and... I so think. it
0: did not show the variance.
3: Yeah, there was no variance like this. Um, mm-hmm. Also, on something like the Evo that has... You would say that's the competitor to this, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has a cache kind of a technology. While this is not cache, it does have a higher speed, right? You a lower speed, it has right? It a different right? mode to yeah. it, yeah. Um, where the Evo just has a fixed... You get this many gigabytes of SLC, right? And it's always that many. And if you... If you flip through that page and you kind of scroll through those writes, every single write is identical. You get X amount of a – so much of the file is in a high speed and then so much more of the file is in a low speed every single time and it's for the same duration every time. So it's more like you, you know exactly what you're going to get right. with that. You know, it's, it's, now, so what's – good. Uh, on. The only thing aside is they have to fix their – V- read v- speed slowdown yeah, right? Yeah. That's a different issue. But assuming that that gets fixed with the firmware, and I'll give them the benefit of a doubt because you know it's coming. So if that gets fixed, that means that that drive is very consistent, has a high speed, has a low speed. If you give it a few seconds to breathe, you're right back to the high speed so, again.
0: So what's the takeaway from the M600 then? It's. Is it just a good idea not implemented correctly in this it's, first? It's instance? a
3: good. I think. I think firmware tweaks could make this better. Okay, but it just doesn't seem like that's, all the way there yet. That stinks
0: because, like, if you, I mean, maybe it, it might be fair to say that, like, if you look at the one terabyte model, it might be fine because right. it's not even using the the dynamic write allocation or whatever that's it's called. That's true, right? And that's where the, you get the forty-four cents per gigabyte cost as well.
3: That's also true, right? But so. this this testing also pointed out something else that was an inconsistency. It's actually at the very bottom of the M six hundred page. Yep. And that's where, during part of this testing, when we got it to the point of being halfway full, uh, I ran iometer. Basically, these files that we were putting on the drive were iometer test files. Mm -hmm. And then I would just rename them to some other name. Then I would go back partway through the filling over time of these drives. And I ran a random workload. And not for a really long time either. It was like a five or ten minute run. And it wasn't really a brutal workload either. It was basically the kind of workload that we usually put on our... Mm-hmm. Uh, PZ Perspective iometer testing, sure. right? So we just ran ran a, a lap of that on the first 10%, the file that was the first 10%, right? And then when I got to 50%, I attempted to read all five files off of the drive. Okay, that's okay? what I'm looking at here. And that's what you're looking at there. So the 128, fifty six and the 1 terabyte, all three of them showed a obvious reduction in the speed that you could read that file back. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah. And that, and um, it is literally as soon as it gets past that file, is when the speed jumps up back to full speed. Hmm. And that we did not see that on drives like the Evo. Hmm.
2: Okay. Like on the Evo
3: page, at the very bottom of that page, I showed the same results, and it's basically a flat line at full speed. Right. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kinda the, just these drives in general, the Micron ones, tend to be on the inconsistent side compared to. Right. You know, competing drives. So
0: there's a lot more data and stuff in there. If you're curious about it, I, I still like you know when we first when we were learning about it, I thought the technology was incredibly interesting, and I thought, wow, this could do it some is. really really cool things with um, performance versus capacity versus cost.
3: Yeah, and and the other thing that really, may still do that if they can fix it, if they can you yeah. know kind of make this a better, more coherent thing. And the other so. thing that really confused me was that according to their literature. For the two and 2.5-inch two and models, the 512 and the 1-terabyte model do not use this technology, which... Why would that be the case? They could get away with saying they didn't need the speed boost, but yeah. the, the other thing that they were trumpeting about this technology was that, look, the power draw is so much less when, it's when you're SLC. in SLC mode. Yeah. To the point where if you really wanted really low power draw, as long as the implementation was maybe a little smoother and more consistent... You could potentially just buy the one terabyte model, because you wanted SLC speed all the time and only ever fill it to like 400 gig. Right. Because where else could you buy a 400 gigabyte SLC SSD for? Well, it'll be more cents per gig, but it would right, be like right. it would be like a dollar per gig if you think it through that way, right? Which is dirt cheap for an SLC SSD.
0: Yeah, if you can find them anymore.
3: Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't know. All right.
0: Uh, also on the website this week, uh, Lee posted a review of the Seasonic Platinum Series uh, 1050 and 1200 watt power supplies. I'm not going to go over these too much, um, but they are beasts of units, of course. Uh, and uh, if we look at uh, let's let's see, I like the part where we look inside. Oh, fully modular. Hybrid mode and normal mode. You'll have to read your review to see exactly what that means. Uh, oh, that's for the, the fan control. There, it gives you the outline here of what the uh, what the fan control looks like. Can be be fully silent, and uh, lots of cable connections. There it is. There's the inside. I always look at the inside of these power supplies. Look at that stuff. Huge, big capacitors. Uh, I think both of these got uh, the gold award from Lee. So that's that's a a, a solid endorsement. Um, You can get the 1050-watt for $174 and the 1200-watt for $240. And uh, uh, these are 80-plus platinum. So in terms of efficiency, they're going to be the best you can get. save you a little bit of money, but you are
3: going to think you're going to pay more than the cost back and efficiency that you'll get. Just don't forget the efficiency falls in a certain range Mm -hmm. of power Mm -hmm. on those. So if you're specking your system out, and you're all going to have like one GPU in there and one CPU. Don't buy this just because it's the biggest best thing. You're actually going to be less efficient than if yep. you kind of matched your power supply to your
0: Yeah. 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 And he actually let's see if you look at he has efficiency curves in here uh, for the 1050. You can see uh, in the 90s. This is the, at the 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 top here is the percent load and then the left column here is efficiency. So you're looking at over ninety percent from twenty to a hundred percent. That's load. a decent range. Yeah, and then on the twelve hundred watt unit, you're it's a little bit lower than that, but still stays above ninety percent, pretty much the whole way. <laughs> once you get it, once you get above like two hundred and forty watts. Yeah, it's it's one ten versus two forty though. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, I was looking at the two forty, uh, the two forty line. So yeah, a little bit lower on the on the one fifteen.
2: Us U.S. people are so far behind. So far. Behind. <laughs> so far. <laughs>
1: Mm, it's a hard metric to stand up to
0: you know you're getting uh not, at 600 watts you're getting 92.2 percent efficiency
3: hmm
1: it's
0: so, pretty good yeah and platinum uh means you have to have over 92 percent and 92.2 is over 92 so it is hence 80 plus platinum uh all right let's uh talk with uh, josh real quick here about the arm cortex m7 um What's uh What's the quick and dirty on this? All right, we know about <sighs> Vortex A series parts. What's the M series? Okay, the M series is their embedded things. It's ah.
2: their low power, low performance. They're gonna be embedded in IOT, I/O stuff, routers, refrigerators. Yeah, like exactly, Internet of Things. That's that's the popular term that we're looking at. This is you know a decent in terms of uh, compute capabilities but it is not destined for a multimedia rich type application like cell phones or TVs stuff like that, it's, it's not good for it uh, what it is good for is replacing DSPs uh, it, it's got a uh, floating point unit that can handle single and double precision it uh, is decent at integer it's program- programmable and flexible as compared to other like DSPs uh you can do a lot of things with it it can uh be pro- uh, manufactured on 90 nanometer process all the way down to 28 nanometer right now and uh it's a significant jump in performance from the previous cortex m series like the m4. m0 plus m0 m4
0: did you so, um, did you uh, get consent from arm to publish this slide i did not and oh, so we're illegal damn. and
2: we're going oh, to be arrested so screwed now you know the bobbies are going to be at your door knocking <laughs> knocking and you're going to run away and they're going to say stop or we shall say stop, stop again, again.
0: Yes. see i know that reference
2: yes yeah, robin williams yeah. Yeah. Main yeah, recipes. anyway anyway so anyway uh yeah it's 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 gonna be low power in fact their lowest power version You know those little uh, BIOS batteries that Maury likes so much? (laughs) Yeah. One of those can run kind of continuously on that power for many, many years. Like at the absolute maximum, like 15 years.
0: So before I lost it, I had a, uh, what was that called, Ken? um, I had a uh, activity tracker. Oh, the Misfit. The Misfit Shine. And it ran on a watch battery. Yep. And it lasted four months and then I lost it in a lake. And so I don't really know. It's still working. It's probably still down there working. Because it was waterproof, but but
3: not some,
2: some some bass has probably picked it up and figured oh, it out the strokes. If I can get it near Wi Fi again. I'm oh
0: yeah, afraid. you'd be tracking a bass. I need to go yeah. I need to go fishing and see if I can catch it.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's a good idea. What are you fishing for? One particular bass. <laughs> One particular bass. <laughs>
0: And I'm not going to know if it's it until I cut open the stomach and see if it's. Hold on,
3: let me look at my phone again. That he uh... unfortunately didn't have GPS. Anyway, Uh, Josh, that guy's got 1,700
2: strokes in (laughs) since the last check. So damn him. Uh, So yeah, it's it's uh, they're available very soon. Uh, The designs are out there. They're they're being licensed, and uh, you know, ARM is just not standing still. Again, these these are products that you will not see in cell phones. Uh, but you will see in like you know your tracker watch yep because it it doesn't require you know heavy duty graphics it it doesn't require
0: you know super compute power and it's cheap right cuz ken ken laughed when you said 90 nanometer <laughs> uh for for what it's being manufactured but that allows them to get the costs way 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 down there well, and uh, if you look and- at what they done with 90 nanometer 90 nanometer like they have it so perfected um, that for certain frequency bands and performance bands, they've probably have got that power consumption and efficiency incredibly yeah. incredibly low. And not only that, if
2: if they're only using one of these single cores in this application, you're going to need a bigger process node because otherwise you're not going to have enough you know, pinouts on the design to be able to do anything. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm running this at 28 nanometer. I can have a power and ground. Who cares about data? I'm going to have this processor just doing power and ground. But it'll run
0: forever. I think that's Hit fine. Ever. I see no problem with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to some other stuff from the week. Jeremy, um, you remember Euclidean? Remember, remember uh, the guy with the very Australian accent? Mm-hmm. Uh, talked, us all, talked to us about um, this infinite detail game engine that they were working on. It's actually pretty impressive. Still are. A lot, yeah, and a lot of people said that it was all fake and everything, but they can't, they, they're kind of out there now starting to talk about something new. It's a little bit different, but um, what, is it, what is it that we're, that we're looking at here, the, the voxel point clouds, if you will?
1: Yeah, okay, so what they're doing at this point uh, is they figured out a way to use a 3D scanner to scan an environment, uh, which is one of the commenters pointed out, pretty much LiDAR. Uh, and they're then able to build uh, an environment off of that. Now, that's sort of what they were showing before. Um, it's interesting to say that uh, this time they were saying uh, "Meyer, 3ds Max. You, if you can program this, it's still going to render it that sort of uh, quality resolution. What they were sort of new about on this one was the speed. Uh, what they sort of mentioned at one point was a $600 laptop able to load a 3-terabyte model, because these are not going to be small, boys and girls, but a 3-terabyte model of the city of Vienna in 0.8 seconds. And that was sort of their demo, was that they went through this lovely cathedral in Vienna, and, or sorry, yeah, church, cathedral, whatever you want, and did it. This now, has to
0: be a 3-terabyte compressed to something that a computer actually has the bandwidth to transfer
1: model? This is what they're saying, although you're probably going to be looking at the rage problem, where you're downloading a crap load first. Wait a minute, That's what storage device can create that model that quickly? Yeah, a 600-terabyte laptop on a 3-terabyte model is... But this is the thing, this is what everyone remembers about Euclidean, is that you said they promise terabyte. a lot, and they say some neat things, laptop. but when you sort of get into it, you're, you start to question...
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right, So maybe it's completely true. It would be awesome if it is. And with the dynamic lighting and such for static backgrounds, in theory, you could do it. Deformable backgrounds are probably going to be difficult.
0: You guys should definitely watch the video. Um, even it's though it gorgeous. has like kind of a cheesy intro, um, the, the tech that they show is really cool. And in fact, towards the end of the video, when they get into this scene and this screenshot here, like the outdoor scene, that to me is the most impressive uh thing about it now the, the there's kind of two parts to it right because they're using um point scanners which is basically the shortcut to how do you create content at a seemingly infinite detail level yep right so this is not created content this is copied content this is copied from the real world and That's then turned damn. into a 3d model yeah okay, which is who has the copyright
2: fun. on that and do they need to pay
0: uh, well, this forest has that copyright, and they mm-hmm. will be pissed about it. But like, so you know, people like they were talking about using the three D scanners at uh, um, like historical yeah, sites, historical MR right? Sites. Where you yeah. where you can you can you can basically you know imagine using this technology gets faster. You're using something like Oculus Rift or some whatever better implementation of that there is, and now you have these incredibly accurate three D rendered. Um, representations of these things, where I don't have to go to a museum anymore. Yep. You know, and how long has, that's been promised since the frickin' Encarta CD came out, <laughs> right? And uh, when you see the video, and it's at a low frame rate, but the detail level there is is pretty astounding. Yeah, it's
1: about thirty-two frames per second, I think they were saying.
0: It looks Which a lot
1: lower than that in the video, but okay, maybe. Yeah, and when they can get, get a, a hold the of nineteen-eighties Cheryl Teagues and
2: and light her with oculus rift and force feedback there you then go.
1: wow see so, you now this is what could have saved euclidean if they'd just done that back <laughs> in the day when it was worth it
0: so uh, they have reached out to us about talking about this stuff i, I think what we're going to try to do is is do a skype interview with them and and make a live stream out of it i don't think they're going to fly here from australia but hopefully they can if they'll be willing to send us a I'm couple of things to demo locally I, I I did mention that scan our office so that we can get our our audience to be able to walk around the studio mm-hmm. and stuff in 3D. I think that would be cool. That'd be cool. I don't, turn into a turn into a quick live map map. Yeah, but have um, like uh, action figure size people. The game that right? be so able to like repel off of the oh. desk and mm. climb, off the climb the, off to the ceiling. And yeah, stuff. off the wall, repelling down the wall would be awesome. Yeah. All right, I think we can make it happen. Now take that whole size and multiply it by a thousand. Yep that now we're going to make the best Halo map ever.
1: 3,000
0: terabytes. 3,000 No, it was
1: Soldier of Fortune that used to do that mod. Ah. Where you were tiny down. in like a dollhouse or more or less. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun.
0: Uh, let's talk about some other stuff. HTC making the Google Nexus 9, possibly with the Tegra K1. Apparently this came out... Uh, in the lawsuit documents between Qualcomm and Samsung and NVIDIA apparently quote the HTC Nexus 9 expected in the third quarter of 2014 is also expected to use the Tegra K1 this was in part of the legal proceedings of mm-hmm. uh, what was happening it has since been revised to remove the reference <laughs> well, the K1 has a significant GPU to back it up but will likely be driving a very high resolution display so Nexus 9 would be the larger version of the Google Tablet which I think would be no. Really cool. It would be the smaller version of the Nexus 10, or that, <laughs> or the bigger version of the Nexus 7. No, nope. it's like a phablet. It's like an iPhone 6 Plus. It's like an iPhone 6 Plus Plus. Only it won't
3: bend. Six Plus Plus. Um,
0: so that's cool. I'm I'm down with that. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Uh, I like the Shield tablet quite a bit. What's that? That's a 7.9 inch screen. So this would be a little bit bigger than that. I'd be curious what to see what they do with the aesthetics. Uh, of that you know do they make it thinner do they make it sleeker do they mm-hmm. make it you know inter- more interesting that way uh, and the more devices that had tech k1 out there the better as i'm eager to see how uh game developers push that on the mobile side because there's there are still there are, honestly there are still some demos um that i saw at the Techer k1 kind of editors and tech days that have yet to be released which yeah. is dumb there's a lot of potential in that platform yeah give me that War Thunder. So I can play that. Evil Within System Requirements. Uh, Jamie, do you have enough power to run this?
1: Well, I don't know. Can you ship me a GTX 670 with 4 gigs of RAM? <laughs> I don't have any Because that's what they actually published, and that's not a thing as far as I know.
0: Uh, they probably made yeah, they, one. They there they there might the 670s, have been one. Yeah. Four gig. Yeah.
1: Sure but it's the Rage Engine. You want as much VRAM as you can possibly throw at it.
0: It looks pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, is it comes out next week or something. Very is? very
1: soon. But uh, the the more reasonable ones are: you want a quad core Core i seven, four horrible. gigs of system memory, fifty gigs of hard drive space. As I said, Rage game, and a sixty four bit OS. Again, hmm. Rage engine.
0: Interesting. Uh, because I'm guessing
1: you'll be capped at about sixty frames a second. <laughs>
0: <maybe>. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, I was installing and playing around with a Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor today. And (laughs) that has a recommended system spec. Actually, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to look it up uh, (laughs) because I want to make sure I get this correct. Shadow of Mordor. And um, dummy already had it open. Uh, Let's see. Let's find our our specifications here, Ken, because this is okay. Uh, Recommended 64-bit operating system. Core i7 3770 or FX 8350 or faster, eight gigs of RAM, GTX 660 or 7950. Um, but then there is the uh, where's this at Middle Earth HD content. This is they it's higher res textures and everything. They recommend uh, a DirectX compatible NVIDIA or AMD card with at least six gigabytes of RAM and the latest drivers. Oh, that's cheap. Pick one up. They're recommending a video car with six gigs of memory. <laughs> just just by Titan Black. Which there is really just that one. Titan yep. and Titan yeah. Black. <laughs> they did some 780s. I they think did EVJs. do some 780s with six gigs of memory. I will say, uh, I've been running it with the HD pack on. You really don't need six gigs of memory. Uh, <laughs> although, you know, it's running at a fairly low frame rate at this point. Hey, we're, a- we're AMD less did conditions. have some uh, 7970s eight gigs yeah at six gigs six okay not very many like yeah because there were three gig uh by default yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that's kind of crazy i'm all for pushing the hardware forward (laughs) but that's a little bit nuts the game does look very good i'll say uh but it can i it definitely could use a little bit more anti-aliasing love so uh, maybe we'll try out some of that
3: dsr on it too you're gonna make that game run. I'm gonna at 4K. run.
0: <laughs> so I'm running. I'm running benchmarks at 4K at Ultra oh. with a GTX 980 is getting around 37 frames per second. That's like kind of playable. It's k- almost huh? kind of you know. Uh, I don't think SLI or Crossfire is working yet. There's a game patch I think that's coming for that soon, but because uh, it needs it, it needs it does, and it needs 40 gigs of hard drive space. So it's not uh, significantly less <sighs> than uh, your Evil Within there.
2: Okay, uh, this was... Hey, when... remember when Mech Warrior 2 came out? No. It required 800 megs of memory. And most people yeah, and had that was a obnoxious. 1 gig to 1.2 gig yep. hard drive. So they got to clear off all that space <laughs> to get 3D version of Mech Warrior 2. I do That's
1: remember true.
0: playing it. I remember playing that. I don't remember having a storage issue, but... Maybe Somewhere I, I have remember all...
1: getting caught at school because I cleared off the storage for that game. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Oops. Somewhere I have all four versions of that, like the actual discs, like the yeah. S three Verge version, the 3D Voodoo, H E I
1: Voodoo three effects, yeah. Nice. Oh come on, nice. well, you didn't memorize the entire manual, so you could use a hacked version.
3: What? I didn't even like. You know how oh, you had how to I look take? up a certain. That word was on the, page. the
1: verification was based on yeah. the manual. It's page sixteen, word eighteen.
3: Oh yeah. You remember those? I, don't I remember those. Yeah. The word is platypus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, other news, NVIDIA, so this happened on Thursday during our live stream. Tom mentioned this, and it was had not actually been, as far as I know, really discussed or confirmed. So apparently there was a rumor going around that NVIDIA was going to, you know, that they were going to support Adaptive Sync, which is the uh, variable refresh standard, uh, standard thing, standard that Visa adopted and that AMD has kind of overtaken and called uh, FreeSync. Yep. So when Tom was here, he stated quite, in uh, you know. In no uncertain terms. Right. Uh, That currently. So his quote was, there is no (laughs) truth to that rumor of NVIDIA Adaptive Sync support, and we have made no official comments about Adaptive Sync. One thing I can say is that NVIDIA as a company is 100% dedicated to G-Sync. We are going to continue to invest in G-Sync, and it is a way we can make the gaming experience better. We have no need for Adaptive Sync. We have no intention of implementing it. Yep. Um. So adaptive sync is different than Free sync. Get that out there, right? FreeSync is going to be AMD's implementation of the adaptive sync capability, and mm-hmm. then they build on it and and make it a a product and a and a
3: technology. And that that's just really the, drivers the part of use. the standard that says that you can basically tell this.
0: tell the display to wait. Yeah. And it's also uh, asks the display. It passes more than just a standard EDID information. Mm-hmm. The uh, extended display information data or something like that. And you know what's interesting about that? What?
2: Centaur and S3 will support that. Really? No. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> so, so basically, what this means is that NVIDIA doesn't plan on supporting adaptive sync. There's going to be two different variable refresh standards for monitors there's going to be adaptive sync and the free sync thereof. Uh huh. And then there's going to be G Sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, the adaptive sync portion of the DisplayPort standard is completely optional. It is not a requirement. So NVIDIA could continue to have DP 1.2a, DP 1.3, DP 1.4 capable ports. You yep. just don't have to support that because it is an optional portion of the standard. Well,
3: in, in all honesty, nobody else is supporting that thing either, from the sounds of it. Well, I mean, all you've got left really that matters is Intel. I mean, display manufacturers.
0: No, display, three display manufacturers have said they were going, in an AMD press release, three yes. different display scalers said they're going to support Adaptive Sync. Yes, that um, I know. And, and, and to be honest with you, from the scaler point of view, there's no reason to not include it. I guess. Right? It's, it's
3: more work for them
0: but it's it, but once you get it done you're kind of done and you just copy yeah, yeah. it on to your, your next things yeah and it's kind of you leave it i think as a scalar manufacturer you say amd is kind of pressuring people to do this because they want to be able to have that technology yep. as well so if you're media tech or, or uh, mtech or whoever you just say yeah sure fine i'll implement it here here's the here's the way to access it you're on your own like i'm not doing qa i'm not doing of that stuff and you yeah. can probably get away with doing it pretty cheap. The problem is then it all falls back on AMD for QA and getting it to work well and all that stuff. And that's something that NVIDIA is basically saying, hey, it's not easy to do. If it were super easy to do, you know, we wouldn't have been late
3: to market with it. They would have just piggybacked on the same standard that well, that standard sort of, hadn't existed until G-Sync came out. Well, right, but I'm sure that people saw it coming because, you know, these things are going draft for a while before they get ready. No, ratified. no,
0: no. This one this one was not that way at all. Really? Yeah. It's still a
3: shame that AMD didn't do it in their AMD, laptops.
0: AMD pushed it very quickly through oh. to DP 1.2a. That's why there, there was already a DP 1.2a out there. This is like a DP 1.2a revision. Hmm. To it,
1: um, well, that's always okay. what baffled me is that AMD could have done this years ago on the laptops as a power saving uh, option.
0: Everybody could have,
1: and they just didn't no, choose nobody, to. They no, said no,
0: nobody's going to be interested. Well, nobody thought to do it this way. That the yeah. the, the 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 genius of G Sync is not the technology side, right? Mm-hmm. The genius of G Sync is that hey, we can take this variable refresh that has been used for power savings for a long time on laptops and use it to benefit gamers and yep. then there's a whole bunch of other technical stuff that has to happen and and you know educational stuff and and theoretical stuff on on making it a good experience yeah but the idea of just doing it was really all it took um so the, the idea i think a lot of people went into the whole g-sync thing with well there's going to be g-sync monitors but at some point in the future six months at 12 months 18 months there will be adaptive sync monitors and both Nvidia and AMD cards will be able to run those monitors and do variable refresh. And that doesn't appear to be the case anymore. It appears that you will pick a monitor vendor. If you are if you think VRR is an important feature, which I definitely do, yeah. you will pick your monitor and then you will have to pick your GPU based on it or vice versa. You know, your your monitor selection will be dependent on your GPU selection at that point. It sucks. Well, I mean it's I, don't know. I, I completely understand why NVIDIA is doing it the way it does. They, they believe they have a technology and that they believe they mm-hmm. have done it way better than AMD will be able to do it in any kind of reasonable time yeah. span. It's not that their display hey, I, won't
3: work on AM, an AMD. The VRR player. won't work. The VRR won't work, sure. Right. But that's the only reason you would buy one of those monitors. It's going to be more expensive. And well, I mean, my other part to, the, to my kind of counter argument there is I don't flip back and forth between video cards that often. You don't. I think a
0: lot of people do. A lot of people go with, really? what's the hot hand at the time?
3: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay.
1: No, we know you've got an SSD fetish. It's, it's okay.
3: That has nothing to do with video cards. Like, no, I'm, I've just stuck with one. and just. Like, you I'm know, I, just I you had those- a
0: 285 for way too long. I understand. But there are a lot of people that will, will go back and forth, right? There are some people that won't. They're yeah. fanboys. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Red Team, Red Team Plus, whatever you want to call them. You know, Team Green, all that other crap. But there are some people that go like, hey, this, they make the better part with the better performance at the price point that I want, and blah, blah, blah. I go that way. Yeah. And, and monitors are one of those devices that people
3: tend to have for a very long period of time. Well, this might extend – I mean, yes, it kind of sucks in that respect where this is tied to this, and that's tied to that if you want to use all the features, but – it might be a a good way for amd to stand out if they can pull it off and kind of make better somehow like make but now the only way better. they can
0: stand out is to make it better yeah so and well, they, i guess they,
3: it could be cheaper too yeah if they can make it better and they can make it cheaper because g-sync monitors aren't exactly cheap they're not so if they can figure that out right it should be a lower cost in theory yeah Given that it's just a firmware kind of level,
0: I will say you know, I will say this about FreeSync. Oh yes, yes.
3: What the, day is it? <laughs> uh, it is
0: October first, and I was promised prototype FreeSync monitors in the month of September, and that didn't happen. That's done. So it is October first. Speaking of which, it was I was promised something else today by AMD that I didn't get, so I need to follow up with that too. Ooh, okay. Um, so I'll leave it at that, right? And yeah. I, and I think Nvidia's stance has been. It's a lot harder than you think it is to make this work right it's not as simple as hold off on v blank please yeah because if you if you just hold up you can't just hold off right. on but V-blank, I, there's, like, there's all kinds of stuff yeah. that was, and, and they and AMD has always said it's easy to do and we'll do it cheap and if they could do it great but we yeah. need to see it and we've heard from AMD too many times about hey yeah no we can do that and then it does lack of, of of action on it yeah. uh, the last thing I'll say here is that uh Tom did have an interesting statement that I think just just one to think on one to grow on if you will um he says don't think that we're done g-sync is not done think of g-sync as the start of nvidia solving the problems for gamers that are related to displays g-sync is our first technology that makes games look better on displays but you can start looking at displays and make a lot of things better which i love you know that they're going down that road yeah. in that. Push you know, it. If they're going to have right. their own display ecosystem and it's going to be kind of proprietary in that regard, screw it. Do it all. Like change everything. Yeah. Right. You know why? Why do you need to scan out top to bottom? Scan it once.
3: Yeah. Just scan yeah, once. Why going you
0: say? Because LCDs have a lot more
2: flexibility in what they can do with their pixels than the typical CRT
0: with an electron gun if you can, going I think, back and forth. I think if you can make a monitor. That you can say you're only going to be able to use that on an NVIDIA discrete GPU,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: they're they're pretty close to being able to say, right? Then I think you give a whole lot of uh, capability
3: to a GPU vendor to change yeah.
0: things that have been. Static you could
3: completely for too long. just uh-huh. go outside the bounds of the regular. Like it may be a DisplayPort cable, but just physically, like electrically, yes. it may be completely different.
2: It's going to be bandwidth at the very, very end in between your computer and your monitor because (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you think about a per-pixel, if you can look at a pixel on your LCD and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to apply this equation to it. I'm going to apply this Delta C, you know, the change in color over time, and you can apply that to the entire thing and make it just look absolutely fluid. Yeah. I think that's where the future is going to be. And by the way, I, I, I trademarked and patented that, and so Nvidia and AMD need. Well, to
0: that's about as vague as every other patent I've ever read. So pretty much, you but you know what? what? I'm yeah, but be, they all pass too. Uh, Jim, are you going to say one last thing, or?
1: Oh, he's going to say all those patents passed, too. So oh, okay, so he's got a leg to stand on.
0: So that's our update. Uh, I will touch base tomorrow. I'm going to try to reach out to those guys at AMD and say, "Hey, where's my now, f- where's my FreeSync? Now what? Uh, real quick, Apple A8 die shot released. Here it is. Ta-da. Yay. You got SRAM. You is got that those CPU. awesome guys That's the CPUs? By the, the way, CPUs? does this CPU look like... It's a little blotchy. It looks like somebody was drunk or something when they were doing this. Let me well, turn this down here. Hold I on. mean, It looks like S
2: on a shingle. <laughs> it looks like a Petri dish. It's just new kind.
1: circular transistor. Well, that bit <laughs> looks like broccoli. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is Apple and their new headquarters going to be all circle and stuff, so you know, maybe crop circles is the thing on CPU dice. I don't know, it's weird. Nothing else really to
0: say here other than this is cool to look at. Yeah. And the fact that people could do it at yeah, all. Yeah. It's cool okay, like someone can hear? take okay, a shipping okay, chip okay. and do
2: that. Yep. Wait, uh, scroll up a little bit. There. Uh, what is all in the empty space? That's for you to figure out. What up here? Yeah, this is just I mean, okay, you get your dual core, your you got your, PLLs. You, got your uh, you got your, What's all of that other stuff that's there? That's what I mean, the that. lawyers
1: use to sue Samsung. It's free bandwidth that they just get from any Apple user. <laughs> yes,
0: this is your iOS eight. Yes. uh acceleration. Oh, it's not no, big enough.
1: It's,
3: no, it's iOS eight bloat.
0: Right here. It's right there, uh, oh, yeah. In this corner up here is there's lots yeah. of faces drawn in silicon. That would be the bugs. Right? Yep. It's a signature of every team member. What they do is yeah. there's actually extra GPU clusters that they just, just didn't want to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we've got these extra space, so screw it. Uh, so there's that. Uh, what else we got? Uh, next up, Catalyst 14.9 came out. Jeremy, anything interesting here?
1: Oh well, I installed it just before the podcast and hasn't died yet and the Affinity's been behaving much nicer. <laughs> have you
3: tried shutting that system down since then because somebody in the chat said yes. their system wouldn't shut down with that installed they had to go back to the prior beta or something. How they go back well, to
1: the it, It's beta. always <laughs> easy to shut a system down.
3: Well, you had to Getting like
1: to come back. Yeah. Sometimes you to issue, like
3: hard but. shut it down or something, I don't know. So what yeah, no, any no, other I did changes a reboot, here?
1: But uh, yeah, I've never I, since I upgraded I haven't yet created an infinity display of zero of zero monitors which was essentially the issue i was having with the previous one <laughs>
3: that's amazing but
1: it's not just that i uh, one of the things it does do is add support for the r9 280 which is you know a pretty new chip it will play nicely with windows 10 tech preview uh from what i've been seeing from roy's tweets
0: yeah i think i saw uh, robert tweet that that was the driver to use if you were installing yeah. the windows
1: 10 so I mean, it, it and it perfectly timed because hey that just became something you can play with. Uh, as usual, there's a variety of uh, game improvements, as you expect from both NVIDIA and AMD. And one of the nicer things uh, is that they've Mantle will now work on a lot of their mobile products hmm. that use the Enduro technology. So there's okay. a couple of games that they've got. Well, okay, well, there's, there's some two, games, there and then games. Star Swarm runs a hell of a lot better now. Yeah. Although interestingly, Useful. Star Swarm runs a hell of a lot better right now. <laughs> that, that's it's still a benchmark. You, you do have to accept that, but that's a fairly impressive gain.
0: Yeah, two hundred
1: seventy-four percent. General, just sort of erratic. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've been playing with it for a bit of hour now, and then on the podcast, and so far, so good.
0: Cool. Get those if you got them. I just installed them on a system here as well for our Shadow of Mordor testing. So we'll see what that does, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Broadwell U BGA lineup leaks. Uh, Intel, Scott wrote this up. Intel's upcoming 14mm product line, Broadwell. We've already talked about Broadwell Y. This is uh, even, I guess this is actually a little bit larger. Oof, this is a big file, a big image here. Larger, faster chips. What kind of TDPs are we talking about here? Up to 15 watts. So those are uh, a little bit larger than the, the Y. Uh, but basically, anything you want to know about the Core i7-5650U, two-core, four-thread, up to 3.2 gigahertz, Intel HD 6000 graphics. Yeah. DDR3 at 1866, four megs of cache. uh uh, I don't know what all this is. BGA. These are all BGA parts. Don't get excited, guys. This isn't any detail on uh, the user replaceable parts. This is all for the uh, integrated parts here. So, um,
1: but hey, at 16 watts, not bad, eh?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, this this is essentially the 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 step up from Broadwell Y. So that you would expect to see this in kind of like laptops, right? Uh, Broadwell Y mostly in tablets and really low power long battery life laptops and this kind of in your more standard devices um very curious to see how the the graphics performance changes in this versus what i was able to test with our core m uh hands on time that we had as well so lots of detail here lots of you know vr zone leaks pretty much everything all the time so uh (laughs) This is uh you know kind of information that we all expected, I guess. Nothing stand out to anybody in particular? Jeremy or Josh? Nice low power. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Iris sixty one hundred. All
0: right, well let's let's finish up on Windows ten, or as I like to call it. Not nine. Win ten. Windows two. <laughs> We're not in binary. Win ten. Um I'm not going to read through this this story posted up by Scott word for word, but start menu is back. Start menu is back. Uh, Metro tiles in the start menu. F- you can run Metro apps in the in, 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 in desktop in desktop mode. My favorite thing is the quad snap. The what? The quad snap. Oh, that's what that was. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, <coughs> it is the ability okay. to. Uh, snap four different windows to the four corners of your machine. Right. I think that's going to be perfect. Oh, you can perfect. have
1: multiple desktops too, right? Yeah,
0: multiple desktops I think is amazing. So I think for somebody like me who has like a, hey, I'm browsing the internet, playing music, uh, looking at random crap desktop, and then have one that switches over to this is my writing mode where it's like here's all of my tabs open for writing and, and Word. Uh, uh, check and all that kind of stuff. It's the music (laughs) app.
1: It's a pity that no other operating system has ever done that before, eh? The music app is running
3: none of them. In a window. On the desktop. No. What
2: What is that? Ubuntu? impossible.
0: Yeah, is that Linux? Is it
3: what? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So those are my favorite features, are uh, quad snap and multi-desktop. Anybody? There's
1: Continuum. Uh, sort of their bow towards. We didn't make a mistake by doing the touchscreen interface, but we like know that you guys like to use your mouse and keyboard, so it's now going to detect on a lot of the stuff like Microsoft sold hardware for a wee while, didn't they? Yeah. But for if you've got a machine that's a tablet dock, that docks to a keyboard, it will detect the second that you detach it and switch, or at least ask you. Do you want to switch Hmm. from a keyboard interface that's optimized for keyboard and mouse to a touchscreen-optimized one? I guess, in a way, it's it's interesting because, you know, with bring-your-own-device, that is going to become a lot more common in the enterprise environment. So, on the one hand, you know, I don't understand what this desperate need they have to have it look the exact same across all platforms, be it a cell phone, be it a tablet, be it a laptop, be it a workstation. But they want to do it, and this way at least, if you want to say, leave me the hell alone, I like this thing, and I like this thing, (laughs) then it will. Uh, And that's kind of nice. I'm also interested in the way that this, there's not going to be an RTM, uh, there's not going to be previews. There is this tech preview, which is essentially available to anyone. Uh, Microsoft did mention earlier this week that they're going to be watching how you use it. Not ah. you, like the NSA, uh, over one shoulder and goop well, them over the, over the other. But they're going to take an overall look at how people are interfacing with it. And I think they're going to find the vast majority of people are using a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, no joke. So, at least from my perspective, this is usable again. There was no way I could justify an upgrade to Windows 8.
0: Okay. I, I want to try it out, but like, I just hate putting them on my own
3: systems. That's why I use VMware.
0: But then it's not really my own system. Like, I don't use it in the same way, no. right? Like, it needs to be my primary machine where I'm using it. It's like yeah. I carry two cell phones. But in reality, this is the cell phone I use all the time, mm-hmm. right? So it's not quite the same. Like, you need to use it. I need yeah. What I need to do is, like, take out this SSD and put it off to the side, put in a new SSD, install and Windows install 10, and it. kind of start fresh and see if I can get it, get it going that direction. Um, also important changes, command prompt. Uh, uh you can oh, now f- copy and paste in command prompt you
1: could always copy and paste in command no, prompt with no, keyboard shortcuts no, I, I was trying, trying to say it, this yeah, too yeah.
0: you could not hit control c control v before the the mark to copy was stupid it was awful it made no sense that it couldn't work like every other application in the damn operating system or every system. other command Still line terminal interface ever yeah the fact that i could like you shouldn't need a mouse a to thing. use a terminal <laughs> That's true. You shouldn't have to use a mouse to use a terminal.
1: That is a, Ken, that is a good point. Go use Vim or Mo then.
0: Okay. But see the thing is, is what, what's <laughs> the what's the other command prompt? The uh, uh the higher
3: the uh, uh I'm control Ving. The the Power Higher
0: PowerShell PowerShell. You could control yeah, V in PowerShell. PowerShell.
1: Yes, you could.
3: But
0: you couldn't do it in command prompt. It was dumb. Now it's fixed. Uh uh. Yay. <laughs> So let's see. Typical shortcuts: Shift, select, Control C, Control V. All that works. There are even a lot of transparency option um, for their uh, command prompt. Oh yeah. So,
1: and they, the only other thing which stuff. they did not really explain at all, which is really annoying, because it was one of the big things that stopped a lot of people from developing for Windows 8, was the Microsoft Store. Mm, yeah. They're implying. That organizations can now create a customized store, so you can have an in-house store which you can load apps to without paying, and I honestly do not remember how much it was to license with Microsoft, but it was not cheap. Uh, whereas previous with, with 8, it had to pass their uh, qualifications, which right. did involve you paying a crap load of money. To Microsoft.
3: Yeah, they tried doing the. Their I like to try
1: thing.
0: it. If if anybody in the chat room or, or uh, that watches this week or listens this week wants to send in any feedback to us, I'd love to hear it. Um, I'm just you know like we're not putting it on our GPU test bed. We're not putting it on our storage test bed or anything like that yet. But it's like uh, in reality, like if I look at my computer that I use every day, what do I do every day? I'm using Google mm-hmm. Chrome. I'm using Firefox. I'm using mm-hmm. Photoshop. Excel. RedTube. That's, that's, that's kind that's of, it. of it. That's most of it. RedTube isn't Chrome, so that counts. Um, but that's pretty much all I use, right? FileZilla, some, F, you know, some weird Dropbox. things like that. Dropbox. Not even
3: Dropbox in the office. Well, I do have it on mine. Oh, but, okay. Um,
1: but yeah, so I mean... Next I, time I, he's I out grabbing a right. lunch, Al, just install VMware yeah. on his machine. Do a Win 7, Win
3: 8 boot, and he'll never know the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I put it on a VM... Do you, does, does, is it going to perform the same?
3: I'd be a little tiny bit slower. Yeah. Hardware virtualization, bro. I don't like know, Intel is
1: pushing that?
0: <laughs> Let's do our hardware software picks of the week, ladies and gents. I am picking Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor, uh, available on the PC as of today. User reviews uh, are, quote, overwhelmingly positive, according to Steam's page here. Um that means did you kiss an orc ninety five percent of the nineteen hundred and thirty five user reviews for this game are
3: positive that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What do you think of it?
0: Uh, I played it for about uh, an hour and a half or yeah. so. I liked it. It's fun, so it's kind of like it's a little bit of Assassin's Creed makes it a little bit of Batman combat style um, reviews on uh, uh gaming websites are actually really, really positive as well hmm. uh which it's odd because it's not like a, a a Lord of the Rings game that has typically come out, right? It's not a strategy game. It's not. Yeah, a, yeah. You are controlling the primary characters, and you are the you know the fate of the world is in your hands. This is one guy's story, in it. Cool. I'm not going to give away the story, but it involves wraiths and and uh, you kill a lot of orcs and uriks. Is that how you pronounce that? You could have sworn
1: you kissed one first, though, didn't you? No,
0: you kiss your wife, and then you but kill the you uriks. you torture them, right? I don't want to get into the controversy crap because it's pissing me <laughs> off. Some people say that, Oh yeah, look, you're this, you're this white slave owner and you, I don't know. It's, yeah, that, it's, very, it's the review a video game lost that me when it
3: said what's actually happening here. It's like, no, wait, it's, it's a video, it's, it's
0: game. a video game in a, in a world that doesn't exist. Yeah. Nothing Just is actually happening in But end.
1: I am channeling J.R.R. Tolkien over my Ouija board and I know. <laughs> uh, so it is
0: 4999, it is available today. And uh, uh, you can get that H D content as well for free if you wanna test out your six gigabyte graphics card. I mean even <laughs> even without the HD pack, it's asking for thirty seven seventy or higher eight gigs of system memory, a GTX 660 or 7950 or better, right? That's pretty up there. That's that's, that's pretty up there. And, and the game does look good. It, it needs, you should turn down quality settings and up AA um, in terms of just get the best experience out of it, in my opinion. Uh, but a pretty good game. Um, yeah, we're checking out. We'll have some, hopefully by uh, sometime tomorrow, I'll have some performance data up of it, looking at the 980, 970, 290X, and 290 don't trust the in-game benchmark. I will say that. Don't trust the in-game benchmark.
1: Oh, that's always a handy feature.
0: Yeah. Jeremy, what do you got?
1: Uh, well, one of the nice things that came out this week for students was uh, the equivalent of Google for Work, which costs you 10 bucks a month but yeah. gives you unlimited storage, to the students who, if their school signs up for an utterly free uh, Google Apps uh, program, Boom! You now have unlimited storage for the entire time that you're getting an education. That's kind of a handy thing. What do you guys uh, in fact,
0: like, do they delete it all.
1: For engineers and such, it's going to handle up to five terabyte files, <laughs> which could be. They don't exactly have an open source CAD CAM or go
0: ahead and upload
1: that equivalent yet. But hey,
0: oh my! Lord. As long
1: as you've got a university pipeline. Take the <laughs> take advantage of it. And honestly, it is a good solution. It's gonna let you work with your coworkers. It's gonna let you work with your professor. And is honestly, not- compared to Office and the Microsoft Cloud, how many outages have we had, Ryan, on our email using Google Apps? Like
0: none? Maybe one. Yeah,
1: in years. Yeah. And I call it Office three fifty eight now for a reason.
0: This, uh, this picture could not be more college, of course, if you looked at it. Look at that guy. He's wearing a Princeton shirt. He's got his sandals on. Uh, now the guy next to him has got the hoodie with the shorts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, He's really everywhere, creepy. girl, but I guess she's getting old now, isn't she?
0: Yeah, um, where, where's the creepy CEO of
2: that uh, of the clothing company who looks plastic and has big white teeth?
0: American Eagle, American Eagle guy?
2: Isn't that all of them? I don't know.
0: No, <laughs> no, no. He doesn't want ugly people to wear his clothes. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, I don't know. hey, hey, cool story. Anyway, Josh, uh, but why don't you tell about your next cool story, which is your pick?
2: <laughs> um,
0: it's a cool story. You know, if you like audio and
2: headphones and I things hate like audio. that, audio sucks. It's <laughs> overrated. You know, if you really want some good headphones. And you want to have them pretty accurate and not too terribly expensive. Then the Grado or SR60Es are fantastic products for the price. I've, I've been a big fan of Grado for a while, and these are sold just, by the official Grado
0: store. Yeah,
2: official. Uh, you know they're not incredibly comfortable. You uh, have to I, get used to them. You got to break them in. They. Just you know, ergonomics are, are not great, but what really counts is the sound. That's where it excels at. So for seventy nine bucks, yeah, fantastic for what you get.
0: Can you were gonna say
1: something? Uh, mm, never mind. Oh, cool story. Good, mm, good job. I, I don't know if having incredibly good, uncomfortable headphones really matters. I'd rather have some not as good, comfortable
0: headphones. I think. Hey. That's why I get my Beats, bro. Except I just spent more money Uh-oh. and bought comfortable Alan slapped him. It's
3: like there's Close. no circulation to my earlobes, but the sound is so awesome. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. That's, you got
2: to isolate. It. Yeah. They're like a nice pair of leather shoes. you got to break them in first. That is true. That they're
0: fantastic. That is true. See, I just got he- headphones with velvet instead. Good, good leather shoes have to be broken in. True. No. Uh, that is absolutely correct.
3: Uh, All right, Alan. My pick is $0.00. As long as you have VMware, and that is the technical preview. I would say just try the thing. Isn't out.
0: it zero dollars if you don't have VMware?
3: You have to buy VMware Workstation if N- you want like no, good you VMware. Don't. You can get VMware Player. Can't you just install it? Like you don't have to use VMware. VMware? You can use virtual no, Box, You're talking. You you're, use... Your
0: pick is Windows, is it not?
3: Yeah, that's free. That's zero dollars. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You said it's zero dollars as long. I mean, as you have if from you want to install it VMware on VMware your own, as I as would. As well. I would recommend installing it in a VM. Like I would, you know. You don't want to just go formatting your whole system and just throwing this on it. Can you uh, VM, use VM Player? You can use VMware Player. You just have to have... VMware Player won't create a VM, so you'd need an empty VM image. What do we use? Which you can get. For Ubuntu. I'm pretty sure VMware Player will create an image. I thought that was the one restriction of...
0: Uh, I don't know. That's what we use to do our VM here, but... Yeah. Anyway. So your pick is the Windows 10...
3: Yeah, try it out. ...tech preview. You I know, want to. Get used to it because it'll be the thing soon, right? Oh, that guy's haircut. Yeah, <sighs> that guy's got the bowl cut going on. No,
0: that's not a bowl, a crooked, dude. Crooked bowl no, cut, dude. It's crooked ball cut. No, it's not a bowl cut no. at all. No, no, a it's girl's just... haircut? He yeah, looks like,
2: little... he, someone said it best, he's an emaciated Sylvester Stallone.
3: Uh, he
0: does have the facial structure wow, of Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester
2: Stallone meets yeah, Don okay. Matrick
3: meets... I don't know. Like <laughs> at- do at- do Somebody, should do, somebody <laughs> should do... Go back to Ryan's screen. Somebody should do a bad lip reading... In Sylvester stolen voice, of nope. that. You can have him saying whatever you want because he's talking for a really long time with different camera angles and everything. You could really go to town with that. Yeah. So, was right? there any
0: difference in the Enterprise Edition stuff that
3: you were looking up earlier? Uh, no, they just They didn't have the Enterprise version out earlier okay. to download. So, well, I, should that's not be what the I was difference? looking at. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to find out. What's different new I downloaded components. it. I downloaded it during the podcast. I wanted to see if storage spaces was going to be any different.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Mm.
3: Uh, I can tell you that in the regular version, it's pretty much the same as Windows 8.1. Yeah. Like, just the storage space of stuff, it's all the same. Gotcha. So,
0: I, I'm curious to try out uh, Windows Tech. Had they, did they mention anything about a potential release time frame for Windows 10 yet?
3: I haven't seen anything, actually.
0: Like, how long the tech preview would go or anything like that? That's another thing I hate about oh, tech, the tech preview, preview operating systems it's is supposed that to be, sometimes um, they, they used to
3: expire. Like, it's when, supposed to be Windows 90 7? days. That's what I heard. See that's dumb. Like get people used to it, and then. And well, then they what? usually they usually make it so that something else will come out. Within that, cool, what so I want to do is upgrade my operating right. system every ninety days. Uh, I don't know. You don't uh, know do
1: that the first. Place? Well, you know what? You could switch <laughs> to Apple, and be able to do that.
3: Oh, the consumer is twenty fifteen. Someone in the chat saying quarter two twenty fifteen. Well, that's, that's yeah. Three months
0: well, twenty
1: fifteen ish.
0: It's October first, guys. Remember that's nope that's more than three months denying ago. it October to November to December to January
1: nope second quarter nope. no CES no. no thank
0: you oh you didn't say second quarter you just said, they just said twenty fifteen.
3: yeah
2: yeah that would be May April 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 May June
3: Q2 <laughs> well
0: it depends on if we're talking fiscal or financial
3: yeah
1: she was my favorite reporter April May June and it's supposed to be April, free May, June, for yeah.
3: anybody that has 8.1 right this? Supposedly, yeah. yeah. I think it's just free. No, I think you have to have, have something. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be on Windows 3.1 and be like, oh, Can yeah, I yeah.
0: install it to a fresh drive? I mean, that's such Oh, come on. That guy can in. make a new video. Oh, this Windows one. Windows 3.1 install, all, the, all the way up the to tech 10. Preview. Yeah, That guy did upgrades all the way up?
1: Uh, I think it was 7. That's the the one that he did from 3.1 all the way to 7, which was just <laughs> impressive. That sounds amazing. That must have taken Shocked a long time. worked well sure
0: this is what the problem of Windows is is backwards compatibility All that's right, guys. why it's not
1: Windows 9
0: <laughs> we are uh, going to wrap up the show thank you guys for joining us uh, if you watched us live thanks for hanging out again com slash live is the URL where we, where we record that on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and you can go to pcprcom slash podcast to find our uh, previous episodes, the RSS files, the YouTube links, all the stuff you need uh, to stay up to date with what we are doing. Uh, we will be back next week, even a little bit further into the month of October to talk about what other crap has happened. We'll see you next time, guys. I'm Ryan Schropp.
1: Jeremy Elstrom.
3: Josh Robert. Alan mullen See ya.